0: The following is a paid program. The views expressed are not necessarily those of the management or ownership of Score North. KSTP AM 1500.
1: The following is a presentation of financial crisis recovery.
0: Foreclosure,
2: short sales, bankruptcy, credit card debt, job loss, depreciating home values, money management peace of mind when it comes to your finances seems completely out of reach under current conditions but there is a way to achieve it for the next 60 minutes you're going to find out how to cover your assets cover your assets now here's nationally renowned speaker and expert on getting you on the path to financial strength
3: Todd Rooker welcome welcome everybody (laughs) Listening to Jason's show. Yeah, man, we definitely reached to Siberia. There's no question that my show is is big (laughs) in Siberia. (laughs) Well, folks, uh, I have uh, the distinct pleasure of introducing a another uh another one of my uh sponsors that just came on uh social indoor if you have ever ventured into one of the restrooms and some of the uh, you know the uh restaurants and and uh hey the the clubs and you see these uh advertisements some of them are digital where they can manage those digital uh digital advertisements uh remotely And they advertise different, uh, different, uh, businesses at, uh, some places where you're kind of, you're kind of a captive audience (laughs) in the restroom. Uh, but it is actually an ingenious concept. And, uh, the folks who started it have been very successful at starting other companies. And so I'm really excited, uh, to have them as sponsors. They're going to be advertising me as well. So, um, Kind of think this is really cool. So uh, I want to welcome social indoor. Uh, to the show um, they're not on today but uh, but uh, they will soon be on and uh, I want to talk to them about their business model and how they uh, expect to grow it and and uh, we are going to be talking uh, when we do to someone who is a very seasoned business person you hear me often say that you want to be a business person who just happens to be in the field that you're in see that's not the way it is for most people they're in a field because that's what they're good at You know, or that's what they've done in the past. They're a mechanic or they're a contractor or they're this or they're that. And that's why they're in the business. And they always believe that that's just the natural or most next logical uh, place to go and uh, that isn't necessarily true. I really love people who are business people who are all about growth and scale, and they are business people who just happen to be in a particular field, and they can take that skill and that knowledge and go into any field and be successful. That's a very different person, and that's a business person mindset as opposed to what you hear me say, a, a practitioner or employee mindset, and although there's a whole lot of people who own Businesses, as per LLCs, S Corps, C Corps, that doesn't make them business people in their frame of mind. They are still trying to be really good at the work that they do, and I mean that as an individual. Um, So, and there's nothing wrong with being good at the work that the business does. That's really not the point. The point is that's their individual primary. Uh, goal or thing. And so that tends to be a problem when you want to try to grow a business because you're so fixated on the work and rather the metrics and the growth and scale of the business that you really never grow it. And you don't understand finance and all those other things. So, um, I love having people in to do shows who are real business people and that's who they are. So, you know, when, when you hear them come on, that's what you're going to get. And I hope hope that you enjoy that. So today we're going to talk a little bit about some of the things that I've just been through. Um, you know, over the course of every single week, I have clients who come and go who we are doing a multitude of things for. In fact, uh, an example is we submitted, uh, let's see here, one, two, three, four different purchase agreements for real estate last week. Two of them were commercial buildings and the others were residential investment properties. Um, I, we have been, as of last week, contracted to write, uh, a business plan and very likely a pro forma for another company to seek financing. And so, you know, th- we do that. And, uh, you know, there, so if you don't know it already, we do a multitude of things. We're very unique. And for most people, you know, I wrote a, uh, Post or an article a while back, you know what is a financial coach and what is a strategist, and you know the thing is, if you're not a CPA or you're not selling mutual funds or investments as an investment advisor, people don't really know what to make of you. Uh, that's as far as their knowledge level goes. Um, But uh, we do everything related to money and finance, and it's interesting the number of people who will look at, let's say, a certified financial planner. The designation is significant, and it's good, and it's useful, and I don't seek to undermine that designation here. But, folks, you got to understand what that is. That is about investment management. That is the perspective that it comes from is investment management. So if you're looking for a certified financial planner to help you create and manage a budget and, 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 and build a business, you're talking to the wrong person. That that's not what they do. Um, whatever it is that they do, they do it under the premise that either today or at some point you're going to turn over your investments to them, and then they're going to 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 uh, to be compensated through what's known as AUM, assets under management. Now, of course, uh, fiduciaries will say we don't get paid commissions. Yeah, well, you don't get paid commissions on individual investments necessarily, but you get paid a commission of generally 1.75 all the way up to 2% and sometimes higher of the total overall investment dollars that you're managing on behalf of the person. So when you get those, that AUM that you get paid, that assets under management fee that you get paid every year, that is your commission. That's what you're getting paid for. So when somebody does any type of work for you and doesn't charge you an hourly rate, you have to recognize that there there's a bias in that. I mean, I, you know, this is like infuriating to me that people don't get this, but they don't, but you probably don't. And maybe you don't care, (laughs) but you know, it's, it's not the same thing. Um, it's like, as my analogy goes, it's like asking a life insurance agent, if I need life insurance, uh, everybody has their own, uh, perspective and their own you know, side of the world they come from. And so everything that comes out of their mouth thereafter is manipulated or, 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 or seen through that lens. And, uh, you know, that's, that's an important thing. So, you know, uh, an investment advisor, a certified financial planner, that's, that's what they do. Um, Now, if you want somebody who's going to charge you an hourly rate, see, nobody wants to pay an hourly rate because they want that free advice. Of course, they don't really understand that it's always bias, always. I mean, I was in the business of helping people invest, and I can tell you that when I was in that business, I often said that I was giving you unbiased information, and it took me five years to move away from that business before I fully recognized that what I was saying wasn't unbiased because I was incapable of it. I, my my context, what was in my brain, my lens, the way I came at things was so askew as a result of the business that I was in and the way that I earned my income and the way that I helped my my people earn income. I couldn't see things uh, out of a different lens. I mean, that's how I Perceived everything, and I literally believed that I was totally unbiased. Now I look back and I think about the things that I said, and I realized <laughs> no, I wasn't. It's only now that I get paid an hourly rate uh, where I don't care what people think. I mean, it, you know, I get you come see me, I don't do free consultations ever, never, ever. And so when you come to see me, you know, you want to talk about the weather. I don't care. You're going to pay me either way. And when you ask me a question, I'm going to answer it. And I don't care if you don't like the answer. I'm going to tell you one way or another because I get paid either way. That's a unique thing. And see, the thing is, everybody wants that unbiased information. The problem is they don't want to pay for it. And when they work with people who are commissioned, they don't think they're paying for it because they don't have to pull money out of their back pocket. But it's coming from your investments, or it's coming from when you buy a policy, or it's coming from, it's coming from, it's coming from. So it's just a different perspective and most people are cheap and thrifty so they're always seeking free advice to try to bootstrap and get things inexpensively and what they don't understand is the information that they're using or that they're they're receiving is never unbiased it always has a particular vantage point that it's coming from so <clears throat> when people come and ask me questions a lot of times they want reinforcement You know, uh, because they've already got their own ideas about what they want to do. And sometimes the questions they're asking me are simply (laughs) to reinforce what they already think. And when it doesn't come out that way, they have this notion that they'll find somebody who tells them what they want to hear. Now, look, I don't have any problem being tenacious and saying, you know, I'll find a way around this. But. There is is there there is something to knowing what you're up against and knowing that if you're traveling down a path that's, that is not the right one or you're not going about it in the right way, even if you seek to overcome that, you want to know where all those pitfalls are. It's not negative to tell you those things. As a matter of fact, I've told people that the business that they're in is a bad business, period. It's a bad business. And there's reasons for that. And we've talked about those things on the show. Some of those reasons might be that their margins are bad. Oftentimes, that's because the business and the ability to enter that business is very inexpensive, takes very little education or experience. And as a result, average people who don't have a clue about business will get into the business with the mindset of a consumer. And when they get into the business, because they think like consumers, they'll lower the price, believing it'll get them more business. And when they do... They ruin the business because now they eliminate the margins. And for somebody who is a business person, now the consumer believes they can do it for less and no longer do the margins exist to make it a good business. And it can't be scaled and it can't be grown and you're never going to make a lot of money. (laughs) So I know that and I've told people that. Now, when I say that to them, does that mean that I assume that they're going to get out of it? Not necessarily. In fact, there's a lot of a lot of people will get their dander up in a big way when I say those things. They're pissed off about it. And you know what? That's great. Because maybe they'll acknowledge the things that I say and they'll say, by God, I'll find a way around it. And they'll do something that is unique. Uh, inordinate disruptive to the way that business is typically done in that area and they will prove me wrong and that is such a great thing and I would love to see them do that <laughs> I would love to I, it's not that I'm trying to be right I am I am illuminating things that they must be aware of challenges how many people are in business for 10 years and don't even realize what challenge still? Don't realize the challenges that they're up against or or, or just don't acknowledge them. So I want to hit you right between the eyes, and I want to tell you what you're up against. Well, a lot of times when you do that with people, they don't like it. They they don't want to hear that. They, they think that if you say bad things, then that'll make bad things happen more quickly. <laughs> no, no. You just want to know what you're up against. So let me, let me give you give one here. Uh, So a client comes to me, and they want to know, should they they continue on the path that they're on, which is to take all of their extra money, spend less than you earn, heard it many times here, and that's how you create wealth, that's how you create stability, and they are stable, and they create great stability. And so the question is, should we take our extra money and continue down the path that we are, and... And pay off our mortgage and our car loans and our cabin loan and everything else at an accelerated pace. Now, most of you who are out there who have uh, an employee practitioner mindset... Your answer to that would be abundantly yes, because paying down that, that loan and paying off that interest that you're paying every month is a sure thing, and everything else scares the living you-know-what out of you. So you stay away from the things you don't understand, because frankly, you don't understand much. <laughs> well, I got news for you. Uh, when you go to graduate school, there's an overriding theme in, in the MBA program, and that overriding theme is a, is a, is a is a word that I use all the time, and it's so important. And that word is leverage. Leverage. Now, leverage can manifest itself in several different ways. I talk about leverage in many forms. Leverage in the work that you do each day. You know, if I can grab a handful of things differently, maybe I can do three every handful as opposed to two every handful, and over the course of a day, I will do more in the same length of time with the resources, my hands, and that's how leverage works. How to do more with the resources that you bring to bear. That is something that every human being and every employee and every business owner ought to have at the forefront of their minds when they're trying to accomplish things. Now, they don't. (laughs) A lot of employees are just slugs, just doing time. But that's, I mean, if I hire somebody, I want someone who is a creative, innovative thinker who has always got that at the forefront of their minds. If you're a business owner and you don't think that way, well then somebody needs to needs to knock you on. Or or reality is you're probably not going to be in business very long. Or if you are in business, all you are doing is just have a job, an independent job. But you're really not a business person at all. So when there's that type of leverage. The other type of leverage, same type of thing, but little different spin is how do I use other people's money at a cost, at a cost maybe, and that means I've got a loan that has what's known as debt service attached to it. Debt service is the interest that you pay on the money. But if I can take that money that I'm paying interest on, and during the same period of time that I'm using that money and paying interest on it, I can earn substantially more than what I'm paying. Remember the concept, there's good debt and there's bad debt. See, for most of you who are Minnesotans, I grew up on a farm, so I am keenly aware of this. In most people's minds, unsophisticated concept as it may be, their notion is all debt is bad. All debt is bad. You got to pay everything off. You want to own everything free and clear. Yeah, I know. I was brought up that way. And you know, if enough dumb people say the same thing repeatedly, apparently whatever's not necessarily accurate becomes accurate, or at least it does in the minds of the people who've heard it 10,000 times. No, that's not true. There is good debt and there is bad debt. Good debt makes me money. That means based on the cost that I pay to use the money, I make more money on the money than what I'm paying. Simple stuff. Bad debt costs me money. I don't make more money than I'm paying. In fact, I'm actually making less than what I'm paying or making nothing at all and simply paying. Those are two decidedly different things. Now, you hear that, probably, and intellectually, you can certainly understand it because it's not that complicated. But for you to actually internalize that way of thinking... In your, and let it manifest in your own life. Oh, that's a very hard thing because you have such a context of the people you know, whom you grew up with, who you were, who who raised you of saying just the opposite, pay off all your debt that you'll never do what I'm saying because you're just incapable of thinking differently. And I'm aware of that. So when somebody says to me, Hey, I've got extra money. I want to pay down my mortgage more quickly. I want to pay off my stuff more quickly. Well, the immediate question in all, in all similar questions of is this good or is this bad? Should I do this? Should I not do this? The answer to that question or the way that that, that question must be vetted better yet is I don't know. What would you alternatively do with the money if you didn't pay down the debt? Now, if the answer to that is I would simply spend it. Because I'm like most consumers. If I have money sitting in my bank account for any amount of time, my mind goes wild about all the stuff I can buy with it. Because like most people, and this is, by the way, this, everybody, people, I say this and they reject this. And this is, and that's eternally frustrating because they reject it and they are what we're talking about. But they will not acknowledge that. Listen, when people have extra money, The biggest challenge you have is not a mathematical one working with people. It's a psychological one because everyone, and I do mean everyone, wants to prove to the rest of the world how they're doing. And if you're sitting there listening to this and you're saying, no, I'm not that way, all I'm going to say is, yes, you are, but it's to varying degrees and everybody is this way to some degree. There's everybody has somebody that they're trying to impress. Always and for some it's worse fair enough you know and some it's not but status symbols are there's a that's a word for a purpose status symbols what am i why am i buying this am i buying this purely because if i was the only one on earth i would buy this because it's so great and i and i and and i you know i i i i wouldn't care or are you buying something because you know people will see you with it or in it. And so back to the point, when there's money in an account that's not spent, not spoken for, people's immediate thought is, let's remodel the kitchen. Let's buy a lake cabin. Let's buy new snowmobiles. Let's buy a boat. Let's take a trip with the family, because obviously it's all about fulfillment, right? (laughs) So that's the problem. If the alternative to paying off your loan is that I'm just paying off my loan because it's tough love, and by God, if I don't do that, I'm just going to spend the money. Okay, great. Then your best option is to pay down the loan, and I'm not going to argue with that. But if you have a brain that allows you to take money and make money with, whether that be in your investment accounts by simply investing in something that has a level of – uh uh diversification hedges the downside risk takes some waters down the upside but at least you can get a predictable rate of return and that rate of return is better than you just spending the money which by the way what does it take to beat that not much <laughs> not much right so if the if the question is hey todd my alternative is i'm just going to spend the money you understand why i say well then pay down the debt but if you can do better than that then why would you do that and moreover, if the if the interest rate on the debt is three or four or five percent, and you can easily get an ROI return on investment of six eight percent without taking undue risk that being within your personal sensibilities that allows you to sleep at night, well then there's no question where you should go and what you should do with that money. There's just simply no question. And that's leverage because I'm borrowing money at 3%, but I'm taking that same amount of money. And instead of paying the debt down at an accelerated pace, I'm putting that money into something that makes me 8%. That's pretty simple concept, isn't it? So for a lot of you out there who are that, Pay down the debt, pay down the debt, pay down the debt. You need to understand that there's this thing called long-term, or or better yet, just how about this, lost opportunity cost. Keep this this show simple. Lost opportunity cost. And what that means is rather than paying down that debt, losing uh, the deduction on the interest that I'm not going to have to pay because I'm paying it off more quickly, certainly goes for a house, and and where instead I could have be ma- been making this amount of money, 3%, 4%, 5%, 6%, whatever it is, and it compounds year after year. And please don't say to me, yeah, well, where do you find something like that? Pull your head out of your rear end. It's all over the place. There's lots of places you can do that with, lots of places. So the reality is, if, if you can do that, then why wouldn't you? Well, it's your context, isn't it? Or it's you're so embroiled in your business that you don't think that you have time to figure out how to create stability and wealth in your life. So it is always a challenge with people to tell them, to take the same money that they would be using to pay down debt at an accelerated pace and put it somewhere else, and then the lost opportunity cost of the money if they didn't do that means that at the end of that 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, or whatever the case may be, that difference will most likely be in the tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of difference. Uh Huh? Yeah. I mean that if you're not paying that, You're simply just paying the minimum payments you're required to pay every single month. And you're taking that same amount of money and creating, here's the word again, leverage. And that money is now being used to invest where the return is higher. 6%, remember, is double 3%, right? And that's not a small difference. That is a colossal, massive difference. 1% is a colossal, massive difference in rate. Now, it isn't today but it is in the future as it compounds and rolls into itself. You know the magic of compounding, right? So if you're paying three percent and making four percent or five percent, that's a big difference. And over the course of the time that you're paying that thing off, you could literally have ten, twenty, thirty, fifty, a hundred thousand dollars that you wouldn't otherwise have if you took that money and put it to work. And if you don't do that, then the money that you would have otherwise earned, if you had, is the lost opportunity cost that you missed out on by wanting to accelerate and pay down your debt more quickly. Simple concept. Let's take a break, we'll be right back talking about the decisions that you make every day, day by day, that are really, not your investment decisions, that are really the decisions that you make that make or break you financially Down the road. We'll be right back.
1: Contact us at Parker Daniels Keyboard, a premier litigation law firm that provides efficient, aggressive, and innovative solutions to complex legal problems. Wise counsel, winning results. Go to ParkerDK.com.
2: He can lift a bus straight over his head. He can fly around the world in seconds. And he has the power to regenerate entire limbs. what are the first three letters in the word smart sma and sma exteriors and restoration has made smart affordable since nineteen ninety four as an lp smart side master level siding installer a gaf master elite roofing installer and as an expert in installing windows made in minnesota made for minnesota you're guaranteed to make the smart choice call today for your free estimate eight seven seven sma
3: today or go online SMA, the number two, DAY.com. Finding a good banker and CPA are like having a good doctor or mechanic. You cannot fully appreciate the value they represent until you're in a pinch and truly need them. However, that's not the time to go looking for one. Instead, you want to position and strategize well in advance for a favorable outcome. CPA Arliss Cleveland of Arliss Cleveland LTD is the CPA firm you've been looking for. As many of you already know, if you're looking for a great CPA, Arliss Cleveland gets my highest endorsement. Arliss Cleveland LTD has now formed a strategic relationship with Village Bank, conveniently located in the Village Bank building, located at 9298 Central Avenue North, Suite 412 Blaine, Minnesota. You can also find Arliss Cleveland LTD certified public accountants and consultants by going to accountingoffices.net or by simply calling 763-786-0639. That contact information again, accounting-offices.net, or by simply calling 763-786-0639. If you're a business owner, I have an ingenious opportunity for you. It puts business owners like you in contact with other businesses to barter goods and services without cash. With over 20,000 businesses involved, chances are we have the products and services you want. Barter dollars are the same value as real dollars, so when someone buys from you, those barter dollars can be used to purchase goods and services. You can watch our video by going to com or call me at 952-856-8866. Again, that number, 952-856-8866. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. Welcome back, everybody. Have I ticked you off yet? (laughs) So I probably did. You know, when I told that client that paying down their loans uh, wasn't probably the best thing, you know? Um, and you know, then you get the eye roll. Oh, and cause now they, now we have to think, oh, so, so now, so now I got to figure out something else. I, I mean, that's just, oh, I'm so busy. I don't have time for this. Oh, come on, <laughs> come on. So always be conscious of the leverage on the money. Now, remember something, I said there's a reasonable investment path that you are comfortable with that is better. That's how you make the decision. If there is no investment path for that same money that beats the first option or you're simply not comfortable with any option that does, Well, then you're better off with the first option of paying the loan down. Now, for some of you, you just heard everything you wanted to hear and you're going to keep right on doing what you're doing (laughs) because you're really not listening. You're just looking for, for uh, reinforcement to do what you already wanted to do. That's not what I said. I said you have to be, you have to think. You cannot act out of habit. You have to use your intellect and you need to, you need to think. You need to do math. And then you need to operate that way, and you meet, need to change directions, like putting on your blinker and changing directions. That's what you need to do, and you need to be capable of that. And see, that's that's a huge problem for people. I mean, that's it. I don't know why, because it isn't for me. You know, I learned this in the military. It isn't for me. You know, I change lanes next, and I don't go that path anymore. And that's what you have to be capable of, and that's what you need to develop and learn in yourself. Now, to do any of these things, one of the most important components, which I cannot ever not talk about because it is such a big deal, and everybody poo-poos this, like, wow, we don't need to talk about that. That's obvious. Yeah, you need to manage a controlled spending plan. No, 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 Todd. I want you to help me with my business finances, business management. I'm interested in the leverage in business. I get all of that. But I don't need any help personally. No, no, you need more help personally than you do in your business. I don't care what you say. I know that when money isn't spoken for, people want to spend it because they have this incessant need to do more stuff, to buy more stuff, to prove how they're doing. You know, my son and I, we, we have conversations many times before I do my show. And he said to me recently, he said, so really, at the end of the day, it's always about overcoming yourself. And I said, and I smiled, and I sat there for about 30 seconds, and I let it soak in. And I said, that's right. That is exactly right. And that is the challenge that everyone wants to overlook as though it's not a thing, And it's not, don't need, doesn't need to be analyzed, doesn't need to be overcome. It's, it's, it's not a big deal. It is a big deal. It's the whole thing. It's the whole thing. So the issue is a controlled spending plan is not reconciling and trying to get a good deal and get, be thrifty and buy the stuff you want, but just do it at a better deal. Don't get me wrong. I love that too. I love nice things and I do try to get good deals and good values on things. Everybody does, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, you know, how much you'll spend at the end of the month before the month ever begins. And those dollars that you're not putting towards that, that those dollars that are no longer spoken for in the excess, because look, a lot of times people are doing it out of, out of what tough love, because they know if they don't just get rid of that money, they're going to spend it. They know that. And so, you know, they, they increase their contribution to their 401k, They don't even know if they have the money to do it, but they're just imposing tough love on themselves to do that. Because they know that if they don't, and that money comes to them in the form of take-home pay, it'll just evaporate. They know that. And look, it's not a bad plan. But the problem with that is too often, then people do that, and then the challenge is they wind up with other debts. And it's not necessarily credit card debt. It's just other stuff. You know, because they still want to do these things and they still want to put that money away. And for a time, they live on that lesser number. But then something happens that rattles their self esteem or that, or that some, or they see something that somebody has or on TV that they're enamored with. And the next thing you know, they buy that thing too while doing this. And now we've defeated the purpose. So I never tell people you, you have to be, you know, thrifty. You have to give up your lifestyle. I just want to know what is it. And then once you establish that, you cannot have an ever-increasing, expanding lifestyle. You have to hold yourself there. So when you make more money or you stop paying on particular debts because they're paid off, then you capture that money immediately and direct it towards some form of investing. That's what you have to do. Okay, so here's the next question I was hit with. Should I pursue a new professional path, an educational path? Well, listen, for a lot of people, they've already gone down an educational path. And now this is not the same as somebody who just acquires um, experience in an area. This is somebody who's paying to, to go into a field. All right. A lot of professional fields like that. Certification requirements, educational requirements, whatever the case may be. And this answer that I'm going to give or this explanation comes from the multitudes of people whom I deal with who have tremendous amounts of student loan debt aren't necessarily happy doing what they're doing and even worse yet they're not making good money at it so wow it's a, it's a, it's more of a loaded question than you think and and let me give you an example let me give you a perfect example i just encountered somebody who has two educational paths, two degrees? One of them was engineering, and another one was was uh, related to the law. This person, who is tenured in this in this occupation or this this path, is making sixty five thousand dollars a year as a single parent. Now, I don't know what you know about finances, but let me just tell you: trying to raise a child. And have a reasonable life on sixty-five thousand dollars a year is hey, for me, that's virtually impossible. that's why when people come in and they and they want my advice on what they should do, sometimes my answer is you just need to make more money. That's one of them. You just need to make more money. Uh so if someone like that says to me, I'm considering going back to school. <laughs> And they've already got got two advanced degrees or certification, and this is where they are financially. They don't need to go back to school, and they need to look at the cost of that education, not simply as spending time. Because, look, a lot of people love to tread water, and going to school endlessly for them is a comfortable place to be, and it's treading water so they don't have to think about real life. When I look at the cost of an education, I don't care what it is, and I know you send your kids to school and it's about them getting experiences for life and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, whatever. I want to know what's the income potential that you're going to reasonably earn when you get out and is the cost of the education and the time, the lost opportunity. Remember, four years of college means that you could have been working you know, as a night manager somewhere, making thirty, forty thousand dollars a year, even a young kid could be doing that. And that four years, they lost out on that income. Plus, they paid. Plus, they paid. So those two things combined translate into a lot of money. You know, if they could have earned instead of you know going to school full time, thirty thousand a year. Well, in four years, we're already at one hundred and twenty thousand dollars in lost opportunity. And then we add another $30,000, dollars $50,000 on top of that, and that's how much the cost of that education was. So what is the direction that is going to outpace what you would have done with four years of experience somewhere else and justify the cost of that education? How many of you, you corporate people, ever think of things in that way? So, look, I don't have a problem with education if it's in a field, you know. Technology, science, math—I don't know if there is if there's a path where the 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 educational costs are justified by the reasonable outcome. Hey, then I'm good with that because the alternative. Remember that vetting I just talked about? That's how you look at everything. That's how you look at everything. But. There are other instances where you might look at things objectively. And I talked at the top of the show about knowing what I'm up against. If this thing that I want to do is something that I'm utterly passionate about, but I look at the reasonable tenured income, that means you know I'm in, I'm in the position for seven to ten years, and what is the reasonable income or outcome that I'm going to receive as a result of going down this road? If I don't like that, I don't figure that out after I go to college and then I'm angry at the world because it doesn't compensate me for this very important work. The world should know to compensate me. Hey, if you're a teacher, you're one of those most likely. Huh? You should have known that before you went to school. It's a little bit late in the game to be figuring that out, and that. Now, if you went to school knowing that, you knew what you were up against. That Todd Rooker jerk hit you up with it from day one. But you said, by God, I'm going to do it in a different way. I've got a strategic plan as to how to take this education. And I'm going to do it... You know, online, or I'm going to do it as in this way or that way. And that means that I'm going to be able to pursue this passion. I'm going to be able to make my contribution to the world that I think is so important. And I'm still going to be able to make great money doing it and maybe even touch more lives. Well, then that's different, isn't it? That's more of a business plan. But how many people go to college with a business plan for thereafter? How many? Or just stumble into an internship and just wind up going to work for somebody with no goal beyond that other than 40 years to retirement. So that's an answer to that question. That's the way you look at it. I don't, I don't tell you what to do. I seek to tell you how to look at things. And then you've got your own brain and you don't resent me for telling you one thing when it, when it's different for you. You make the decisions, but how do you make those decisions? Kind of important. <clears throat> Next question I got hit with. Start an additional income stream. Oh, I love this one. I love this one. Let's take another break. We're going to come back and talk about how to start an additional income stream, how to make more money, right? Stability and wealth. We'll be right back. If you're a business owner, I have an ingenious opportunity for you. It puts business owners like you in contact with other businesses to barter goods and services without cash. With over 20,000 businesses involved, chances are we have the products and services you want. Barter dollars are the same value as real dollars, so when someone buys from you, those barter dollars can be used to purchase goods and services. You can watch our video by going to thebarterguy.com or call me at 952-856-8866. Again, that number, 952 856 For more information, call Brian and his staff at 612-271-4047 or email Brian directly at brian at office.com. Again, that number 612-271-4047. Hi,
4: I'm Kimberly Naibo with the Kimberly Naibo Insurance Agency, serving the community for over 27 years. People tend to be most concerned with price. That is, of course, until something goes wrong. Then the only thing they care about is their coverage. My experience enables me to uncover every available discount. I could save you up to 40%, while still offering the proper coverage for the people you care about. Call today for a free review at 763-571-6111 or email me at kim at kimnaibo.com. Russell
0: Williams Home Services is your go to company for all your window cleaning, pressure washing, and gutter cleaning needs. Serving the greater Minneapolis metro area since 2007, we have the tools, equipment, and knowledge to properly care for your home or business. We offer competitive, transparent pricing and free on site or online consultations. Our large workforce allows us to complete even substantial projects such as apartments, schools, and assisted living complexes in a timely manner, often in a single day. To see our window cleaning pricing structure and a complete list, of services we provide, please visit our website at cleanmywindowsnow.com or reach us by phone at 612-423-3059. Do you have enough to retire?
3: However, that's not the time to go looking for one. Instead, you want to position and strategize well in advance for a favorable outcome. CPA Arliss Cleveland of Arliss Cleveland LTD is the CPA firm you've been looking for. As many of you already know, if you're looking for a great CPA, Arliss Cleveland gets my highest endorsement. Arliss Cleveland LTD has now formed a strategic relationship with Village Bank, conveniently located in the Village Bank building, located at 92 98 or by simply calling 763-786-0639. What are the first 3 letters in the word
2: smart? S M A. And SMA Exteriors and Restoration has made smart affordable since 1994 as an LP SmartSide master level siding installer, a GAF Master Elite roofing installer, and as an expert in installing windows made in Minnesota, made for Minnesota. You're guaranteed to make the smart choice. Call today for your free estimate. 877 SMA Today or go online to SMA, the number 2 daycom You're
3: listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. Welcome back. Uh, I hope you are listening. <laughs> you know, uh, when it when it when it comes to money management, like I was saying before, you know, if the person that you're working with who's supposed to be helping you is breezes over. Oh, the day-by-day money management, the spending plan that I'm talking about. Because look, somebody gives you a spreadsheet or tells you to fill in your expenses and that's what they do, that's meaningless. <laughs> that's absolutely meaningless. This that endeavor of creating that and managing that takes hours. See, and nobody wants to hear that. They just want to know that, you know, hey, yeah, yeah, I can get that done in about fifteen, you know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, and then let's move on to the next thing. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's way more work than that. It's way more work than that. And the truth of the matter is it takes hours just to get you to be honest about all the expenses that you're all the things that you're spending money on, all the things you believe you ought to be able to do. By God, I make good money. I deserve these things. Come on, don't tell me I can't do these things. I'm not coming back then because life sucks without this. Well, look, loosen up then and tell me the truth. Don't give me numbers you wish you were only spending. Tell me the truth. When we see that, that's going to tell us. Because look, last year you may have spent this much money, but the reality is if you would have had more money, you would have spent more. So that doesn't necessarily tell us what you are willing to live on. The amount you may need to live on to have what you consider to be a reasonable life might be exceedingly more than you're currently earning. So when you make more money, you won't have any more money left over. <laughs> and it's very important to acknowledge that and put and put controls in place that assure you that there are protections that enable you to protect yourself from yourself. I mean, that... So so that you can't fail despite yourself. That's important. Very important. And I'm not the guy who throws a spreadsheet at you. And remember, every time I work with anybody under any circumstances, I do this. It doesn't matter what the need is, what the goal is. It doesn't ever matter. That's what I do. Financial advisors don't do this. Okay? They don't. Why would they? They don't make any money at it. And if they say the wrong thing, you might not transfer your assets under management. Does that not make sense, folks? So the reality is going through this is really, really challenging. And when they throw that spreadsheet at you, and that's pretty much it. And they just say, you know, you're going to have to watch your money in any major purchases. You need to talk to me about it. That's not the same thing. I'm I'm not a give you a spreadsheet and hey, do your best and I know you have, you know, I I I know you have your own kind of sort of way of doing this. No, no. You do it the way I say. And when you come back next month and show me your bank statements, they better mirror what we've worked to put together here. And if they don't, I'm gonna have I'm gonna drop you and have you give me two hundred push-ups in my office next time you come. <laughs> That's me. That's the kind of guy militant I am. And everybody needs a coach, don't they? So an additional income stream is something that you use to create leverage. It better not be the same type of income on the weekends that you make during your day job. It needs to be something that if I work four, five, six hours on the weekend, I'm going to make exceedingly larger amounts of money. I have a, a friend who worked for one of the municipalities for his entire career, 30 plus years. He made good money, reasonably good money, but... The job that he did, aerating, mowing lawns, using the billy goat to clean up people's leaves, lawn cleanup in the spring and in the fall. Let me tell you what, when he did that job, he made over $100 an hour. So when you drive by somebody and you see them doing that, they go, oh, poor Pete, poor this take that number out and see how much money they make for time spent and how much money they can make every single weekend if you could make an extra four five six hundred dollars every weekend every weekend and then invest that money do you know how much that would turn into that additional income stream <sighs> but you know you're too busy you don't have time for that yeah but then but then you're struggling. And you're stressed every month. You may never, you may have never missed a payment in your life, but it's chaos every month trying to cover things. You got to create stability and then you create wealth thereafter. Cause if you can manage yourself to create stability, then obviously you have the tools to create wealth. And then it does become an issue of where you invest and how you put your money. But listen, folks, if you can't spend less than you earn, we don't need to waste time talking about what you're going to invest in because you ain't going to have any money to work with anyway. Right. So that's pretty simple. So remember, if you're going to take some of the keys that I teach here, and maybe you choose to invest in real estate or maybe you don't, there are different ways to do it. Um, One of them is to create uh, a greater rate of return during the growth phase. Another one might be down the road. You sell it, do a 1031 exchange into properties that you fully own, and then they create an income stream for you in retirement. That is a fabulous strategy. But number one, you need to spend less than you earn. No small thing at all. Very, very challenging. And then you got to know what you're doing. Then you got to know what you're doing. And you've got to realize you're not going to manage the properties. And you've got to realize that, that just because a property looks like you would live in it. And the, and the rent is as much as, as, or more, little more than the mortgage payment. That doesn't make it a good property to own as an investment property. And the fact that you already own 10 properties doesn't make you an expert, just so you know. And so if you know someone who owns lots of property and you say, well, obviously, I'm sure they know what they're doing. And I would say my natural reaction would be to say, no, in my experience, they probably don't know what they're doing. The fact that they have many of them doesn't mean that they've been doing the right thing all along. And it doesn't even necessarily mean that they've learned more going down the road. It's shocking. It's just shocking. So it's not enough to work hard. It's not enough to make good decisions. You also have to be smart with your investment dollars. So, yes, there is that from the investment advisor perspective. But you got to have money to work with in the first place. And the question is, who do you need and what are your goals? Hope you enjoyed the show, everybody. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye.
0: This has been a paid program. The views expressed are not necessarily those of the management or ownership of Score North, KSTP.
4: To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher and higher.